Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing. So we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Hello there, I'm Mark Dennison from BBC Radio Nottingham and Nottingham Forest and you are listening to the rather wonderful 1865 Forest Ramble. Hello and welcome to the 1865 podcast. This is part one of our two-part end of season special. I think we can all agree that it's a pleasure to see the end of this miserable season and indeed a really terrible 12 months for many of us in so many ways. There have been many frustrations to do with managerial changes, transfer strategy or arguably the lack of, style of play and of course the battle against relegation that has consumed most of Forest's season all of which was compounded with watching via our screens at home, missing out on that pre-match drink, that post-match curry, or even just nodding to the person who sits next to you at the ground. We'll be discussing the ins and outs and ups and downs of the season in part two of this podcast later this week. But for today, we wanted to hear opinions from you, the people who pay your money and have watched the games. Let's start with Stephen Topless's report from yesterday's defeat at home to Preston. In a lot of ways, I think that result summed up Forest's season with a disappointing performance, disappointing results, and quite frankly, a, a drab end to a drab season. Preston's win just caps off a campaign to forget for Forest, even though on the day I thought they, they didn't play too badly. They were guilty of missing chances and not putting the game away when they had the opportunities to. They were punished for that, albeit through some poor refereeing decisions. Overall, just a disappointing day, to be honest. The team selection was, was a bit more interesting in that 
we saw Taylor and Graben starting together up front. Graben just dropping a bit deeper into that number 10 role. And Loikembe So coming in for Scott McKenna. Uh, he didn't do anything particularly wrong in Beso, but I still think that Warrell and McKenna are our strongest two centre-backs. And that left foot, right foot balance just works nicely in there. James Garner gave Forrest the lead with a, a great strike from 25 yards, flew into the corner. And in that first half, Forrest were, were looking pretty good. They were looking the better team and looking more creative and more dangerous. And Anthony Knockart had a shot that flashed wide. And just some decent play from Forrest overall. They had a goal disallowed. Lyle Taylor had the ball in the net, headed down from Worrell, but it was chalked off for a foul. And the referee and his officials came into play again a bit later on in the second half when Tom Bayliss equalised for Preston. It appeared that he put it in with his arm, but the referee linesman didn't see anything and the goal stood. And then not long after, Liam Lindsay made it 2-1. In a a bit of a bizarre moment where the linesman in the build-up was flagging for offside for a good 30 seconds... The ref either didn't see it or he just ignored it. Play carried on and Preston scored and the Forest players were incensed by it. And even on commentary, Colin Frey was exactly the same, just couldn't quite believe what was happening really. And it just summed up the day really for Forest. And another example of Forest's wastefulness in front of goal, had a four-on-one in the second half and didn't even hit the target with it. And it's this this lack of cutting edge which has really cost us this season. Even when they've played a bit better, they're still not taking the chances to win games and they were punished for it. And I just think it's that game kind of encapsulated everything that's gone wrong about Forest's season. But the important thing, I think, is that Forest were clear of danger with a couple of weeks to go. And let's be honest, it's not been a great season. I think we're all happy that it's over and that we can start looking forward to a better season next time round. Thank you very much to Stephen for a report on a match which was very much a microcosm of the season that Forrest have just had. And thank you, of course, Stephen, for all of your reports throughout the season. Same to uh, Baz, to, to the Marid on the Midlands and to Tom Newton for contributing all the way through. Now, to review that season in a little bit more depth, we're going to start with our friend, Nottingham football journalist George Harby. And George has been in the rare position of actually attending games at the city ground this season. Well, I sit here recording this after watching Forest fall to a drab 2-1 defeat to Preston North End on an afternoon where I'm really still trying to cope with a soulless, empty city ground. Nearly a year on from the first time I experienced it against Huddersfield last June. Now, since that afternoon in June, there's obviously been one rather noticeable change. Sabri Lamucci wowed us all with his passionate persona when he initially arrived as an unknown quantity last season. But after being unable to shake off that playoff hangover, in came a man who is seen as the master of getting teams out of this division. Now, many will feel sorry for me having to watch uh, this season in the flesh, um, but I feel the exact opposite. I feel so fortunate to have provided coverage for matches this season and built a first-hand perception of Chris Uton, whilst others have been able to do so due to matters out of their control. 
Now, although performances haven't been pleasing to watch by any means this season, whilst he may not have developed a connection with fans by perhaps dancing on the touchline or running towards the bridge of the end, punching the air, there is a feel that Hewton has oversaw steady improvements at the City ground this season. I mean, for me, the defensive pairing of Scott McKenna and Joe Worrell is a particular high point and a platform to build on. And if extra firepower can be added at the other end of the pitch this summer, that can make a world of difference too. Add Brennan Johnson, Tyrese Fauna, Jordan Gabriel to the mix and there is reason to be excited ahead of next season. Now Chris knows more than anyone that uh, a summer transfer window is needed. It'll be a big job. He told me last month that clubs simply must recruit well if history is to repeat itself and he is to take a struggling bottom-half championship team to the glitz and glamour of the Premier League. He is a calm, composed and honest figure who is just desperate to build a relationship with Forest fans. The club have tried to replicate that city ground atmosphere by pumping artificial crowd noise through tannoy speakers. And although there is often encouragement from Nicholas Randall and fellow members of the boardroom from the stands, the truth is that those lethargic performances won't really be affected until fans drink in the South Bank, wander down the banks of the Trent and take to their seats in city ground. The numbers show that millions have been lost in ticket revenue and income, but the bigger picture shows that thousands of people have missed out on the experience that has given them so much joy and escapism on a weekly basis for many years. Having witnessed this season live in the flesh, believe me, I cannot wait for the day a full city ground returns and belts out Mull of Kintyre. The players and staff, I'm sure, feel exactly the same. With big thanks to George for joining us here and a couple of times during the season just gone. I think we would all agree that a difficult season for Forest has been made worse by the lack of atmosphere and not having fans in the ground. At times under Sabri, we really were the 12th man. You can find George at George Harby on Twitter. I wanted to get opinion from outside the Forest bubble as well. In a few minutes, we'll hear from Justin Peach of the Second Tier podcast. But first, here is Stoke fan Jack Alton, who's comparing and contrasting with his own experiences of supporting a sleeping giant through the pandemic. Looking at Forest as a Stoke fan, I'd firstly like to apologise for derailing the playoff push at the City Ground on the last game of last season. With the far from ideal season you've had, it seems like you have many parallels in the predicament you face with us Potters. You clearly lack that bit of attacking threat like us, and I think we've all been surprised at Graben's productivity dropping off a cliff. Like Stoke, you have a side that should be at the right end of the table on paper. However, when those players don't perform as you pay them to, you're left with a bloated squad of players that are just impossible to move. Then you have a disgruntled fan base, rightly believing your club doesn't belong in the second tier. You're Nottingham Forest. You should be back in the bright lights of the Premier League. Despite this plethora of issues, like Stoke, you have a couple of reasons for optimism. You have the making of a good young core with Mighton, McKenna and Worrell, like we have Campbell, Collins and Souter. And you have a good boss in Chris Hewton, pragmatic and arguably boring in his approach to success. With him, you have one of the best bosses this league has to offer. Here's to hoping we'll both be battling it out for promotion next season. Thanks, Jack. Uh, Not least for reminding us about the end of last season. Uh, I think we could have done without that, to be honest. Um, But a few things that I think we can all relate to, not least that bloated squad of players on big wages, difficult to move on. Something's haunted Forest over the last few years. It's also something we will be discussing in a bit more detail, I'm sure. And also 
For those of you who heard Lewis Graben's name there, there's going to be another mention in a little while. Now, let's move on to Justin, who, along with Ryan Dilks, presents the Second Tier podcast, which looks at the fortunes of all the clubs in the Championship. It's been a tumultuous year for Forest. I think there's there's progress there from from what it was like at the start of the season under Lamushi. It, it's very clear progress, um, but it's slow progress, and it and it's very clear that um, they were suffering from a hangover last season. To to crash the way Forest did, for example, is pretty spectacular, and it can leave a scar on not only players, um, managers, and owners, but it can also leave a scar on fans. And um, it certainly did that. You, you stop to you start to trust. Or, or, or you start to lose trust in in, in the team that you've you supported all season. I think the break last season with the COVID break didn't help things at all because I actually think Forest's decline started pretty soon after that Leeds win at home. Um, I don't think Lamouche's style of play helped things. It's, it wasn't a sustainable style of play in terms of getting results. It was very defensive football, and when teams were defensive uh, against Forest. They just had no idea what to do. They couldn't unlock the door. And unfortunately, that seeped into this season under Chris Hewton. And we're seeing with the amount of goals that they've scored this season, just 37, it's not good enough for, for the players and budget that they have. And as I was saying, it was it was most definitely a hangover. And we're, we're seeing a lot of scarring um, that is going to take a long time to sort of rehab out of the this 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 Forest team and the club as well. I think one of the things holding Forest back is is obviously the transfer policy. It's it's absolutely absurd that the the, the, the amount of players they bring in. Um, just to be very blunt about that, it's just too many. It unsettles a, a settled team. Um, Lamushi kept uh, the, the, the sixteen um, or, or, or the squad, I should say, kept it very similar. Everything was the same, but for some reason. Forest brought in another keeper, for example. They brought in another defensive midfielder. They brought in Harry Arter. Um, they, they brought in a lad whose name I, I, I can't even remember. It, it's just literally too many. And um, there's, a, there's no longevity to it. There's no players with value coming into the club. It's it's literally like a 14-year-old on FIFA who's just got a, a 20 million boost in his transfer budget and they are trying their very best to sign everybody. It's it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And um, again, it's, it's one of those things that is going to hold the club back um, for a couple of years. But for me, in under Chris Hewton... There's a manager there who is very much geared towards winning. He has that mentality of winning. He has that mentality of getting results and getting over the line. And I think Forrest will be dangerous under him next season if he's allowed to bring in the players he wants to the club. Uh, and we've seen since January, Forrest have only lost seven games. They boast the best defensive record outside the top six. Um, so if, he, if he's able to bring in the players that he really wants, um, that's that suit his style of play then Forrest will prosper because of it. Uh, and one of the things that they really need is a striker who can play with his back to goal. Lewis Graben can't do it. Lyle Taylor can't do it. Glenn Murray can do it, but he's closer to 40 than he is 30, which is not very good for... Um, uh, well, is he going to score 20 goals? Don't think so. Um, I think bringing in players who, who won't cost a bomb, the likes of Anthony Arcart and Luke Freeman have been, I wouldn't say wastes of money this season, but you look at where the budget could have gone. Um, it's 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 harmed Forest, I think. Um, but for me, I think under Hewton next season they can become playoff contenders. But there are a lot of teams evolving at the top. We're looking at QPR with their style of play and players that they have. They're probably ahead of Forest, so there's a lot of change that needs to be done. Um, 
trying to sort out that front four and getting it not only scoring goals but creating chances is is an absolute must for for Chris Hutton and Forrest. But as I was saying, for me, Chris Hutton, I think it could be a, a change for Forrest for the good um, next season. He has to be allowed to bring in the players that he wants to bring in, and also he needs patience from supporters because he's he will deliver uh, success for for Forrest. Thank you, Justin, for some really considered thoughts there and some rays of light, a bit of optimism maybe for our despairing fan base. I mean, it's very interesting to hear that Justin is confident that Forrest may well be able to challenge for the playoffs next season. Uh, I'm not sure how many Reds fans would agree with that right now. Uh, You can listen to Justin uh, with his sidekick, Ryan, and occasionally hear Stephen and myself on the Second Tier podcast. Uh, You can find them via your podcast app or you can follow at Second Tier Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Now, having heard from some uh, views from outside of our supporter base, let's get back and hear from some Reds fans, uh, starting with a couple of our fellow content creators. In a couple of minutes, we're going to hear from a YouTuber, but first, a blogger. Hi guys, Pat here from the Famous Club. Well, it's been another one of those seasons Forrest seem to keep having. A season of disappointment with a few highlights, season of mistakes and what-ifs and maybes. A season just like almost any other in the past decade. And there are times when you wonder if you care anymore, and then you find yourself shelling out another Tello, and I follow. Sometimes wishing you hadn't, of course, but you can't help yourself. The owner and what little senior management we seem to have have undoubtedly made mistakes this season and in recent seasons, but nothing as bad as narrowly avoiding relegation four years ago under Fawaz. Those those were the dark days. The problem we now have is that there's no silver bullet. There's no rabbit in the hat. With every new manager, we start from scratch again. And every season, it seems we almost start from scratch again. Chris Hutton has a big mess to sort out. So we have to be patient, which is something I seem to have been saying for 10 years now. And the club always seems to be the first to lose patience. But hopefully, and it always seems this way, hopefully this time we'll stop making those mistakes and try and build something rather than putting everything on red or black. A new manager needs at least a whole season and three transfer windows to get anywhere. He also needs a fully functioning club to support him in that respect. So optimistic as always, I'd like to think Hewton will start to show his real worth next season. The football might not be exciting, or it might be, but he's shown he can tighten up at the back. And if we start scoring goals, obviously our main issue this season, we should progress. And people will soon forget those functional performances if the results come. We can't expect him to replicate his time at Brighton, but his first season there was pretty much what's happened here. So a handful of key signings and a proper pre-season We'll hopefully start to see some change. But we have to hope that change is right across the club because we keep doing the same thing and keep expecting a different outcome. If we can see clear progress next season, then that should be enough to build on. Promotion doesn't come by chance. And I think at the moment we'd all be happy with a club we can be proud of. Hi, my name's Ben, National Forest fan. Uh, I'm talking about Forest season. And (laughs) where to start? Uh, I think it's been awful all around. from start to finish, uh, Lamucci getting sacked after four games, been hooting in. I was excited as well because he was the man job of experience. But all around, it's, it's, it's not been great. 
Um, the players that he brought in in January with Murray, Gardner and Kroenovic um, improved it a little bit. But all around, it's not been great. Um, <clears throat> best player for me this season, uh, it's a hard one, but I'm going to say Joe Wall. Um, Joe Wall for me has been the leader for Nottingham Forest. Um, worst player, <laughs> there's, there's loads of him I can mention. But um, uh, obviously, grabbing, if I'm honest, like he's, he's soaked most of the season. Um, was it five goals he scored this season? And he needs to do better. And I've not been. I've been critical with Kurinovic as well. I don't think he, he, he's been great, if I'm honest. Um, but all around, is me and Lewis Grumman has not been great. Uh, what do Forces do next season? Uh, we've been seeing this last 23 years. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to say we're going to go up next season because we've got to judge on what Hootin brings in. I just feel that uh, something's not right behind the scenes. Um, so Chris Hooten needs to do something big to improve next season because, like I said, this season's been awful, shocking. So am I going to say Hooten needs to be bat? Well, I think every Forest fan said Forest fans going to say he needs to be bat. But we say that to every manager he needs to be bat. And what happens? So some contrasting views there from Ben and from Pat, uh, but thank you to both. You can find Ben uh, via the Door on Tour YouTube channel or Mr. Door on Twitter. And Pat's blog can be found by searching for The Famous Club on Google or indeed on Twitter. Now, you may remember speaking to Forest supporter Bethany Didsbury back in December. Beth was presented with a red shirt by the club for her contribution to NFFC's community work. In particular, the Tricky Hub and the Tricky to Talk mental health campaign. Here's how Beth felt about the season just gone. My thoughts on this season are, I suppose, one of disappointment, but not particularly that surprised. Um, I was quite sad to see Sabri go so early on, um, and I don't think that helped with the momentum of going forwards. Um, I think we all had so much hope and believe, belief last year that we were going to be in the playoffs or get promoted. And then the pandemic happened and obviously that didn't happen because we self-combusted. Um, and I feel that because of how this season's played out and the players not playing to their potential and the injuries and the players that we brought in haven't particularly been that great. It sort of made not going even more, I suppose, unfulfilling and watching the game even more, may I say, depressing because there's not that connection with the players and the team. And sort of when we score, it's a bit like, mm, yay. Whereas that euphoria you get when you score a goal is nice. And you can go away from a match day thinking, yeah, it was going to be a great weekend now, whereas we never really won this season. So that, like, happiness feeling that winning gives everybody never really happened. Um, and I know, for one, being a whole year without being at the sea ground is something that won't be happening again. 
anytime soon because of how much I just missed the match day experience. Um, my hopes on next season would be to keep Hooten for the whole year. Um, and hopefully he would be bringing in some youth and some talented players that can get us there. Um, being realistic, I can most probably see us finishing mid-table. Um, because we are not in Forest, let's be honest. And... Every year we renew our season ticket with the what if we go up and I haven't renewed my season ticket. So I just think that we have hope, but it's the hope that always kills us. But we will be back and hopefully the fans will be back. And honestly, as long as I can smile again and cheer on the boys, that will make me happy. Thank you to Bethany. I think we'd all agree that we want fans to be back in the ground as soon as possible. You can find Bethany at BethanyDids underscore HBW on Twitter. Last but not least, here's our final opinion for this podcast coming from Reds fan Kate. Now, for much of the past few years, Kate has been a long distance fan, but has got involved in sponsoring some Reds players. And she's also spent a lot of time at the City Ground pre-Covid. So surely one of the most committed fans that we'll hear from today. At the beginning of the season, I had two hopes for Forrest. That we wouldn't get relegated and that we would survive financially. And so far, we've done both. We haven't been relegated and we are still operating financially. I do still worry about the financial survival for football clubs at all levels. This next transfer window should give us an idea of exactly how bad football's finances really are. Talking of transfer windows, the club has survived to fight another season in the championship, but some of the team, well, I think it's fair to say some of the signings didn't work out as we'd hoped. Both Arta and Freeman there was such buzz about them, but before, even before their respective injuries, they just did not deliver what we'd hoped. Colback, who was a linchpin player for us last time he was here, has been so anonymous, I actually can't remember the last time he was in a starting 11. And Lyle Taylor, so full of confidence and swagger, do you remember that penalty he took? He's pretty much a bench-warming sub these days, although he did start the match yesterday. On the other hand, both Kravinovic and Cafu, who got less than complimentary social media commentary when they were announced, have both been really good signings. And as for the lovely James Garner, are we absolutely sure we can't tell Manchester United he got lost in the post? I'm serious. Let's just keep him, give him a different name in August. Oops, never mind. These things happen. Do you think that would work? I've seen various posts on social media saying we need a whole new squad and or a new manager. And I would politely disagree with both of those statements. Um, in Hewton, we have one of the most experienced and balanced championship to Premier League promotion specialists. But what we do need to do is give him the opportunity to build his team. I truly believe he's done the best possible job with what he inherited from Sabri. And let's face it, some of the players Sabri inherited from Martin O'Neill and Aitor Karanka. 
I think the summer window will be really interesting outside the Premier League. There just isn't as much money in football right now. So teams, including Forest, will have to buy what they can afford, which may not quite be the same as the players some fans on social media want us to be buying. From a squad perspective, I don't believe wholesale changes are needed. Yes, we have some roles that no one has owned this season, like left back. And we have some that have been owned by loan players, right back, Cyrus Christie. And we do have an issue towards the front of the pitch. But with Lolly en route back from injury and the possibility of Carvalho coming back, we may only have one or two players we need to add to the squad. And a fair few to kiss goodbye to. So we may not need to sell Worrell unless he decides he wants to go. Let's just see where we are in August. Thank you to Kate for such a comprehensive viewpoint there. We will be talking about the futures of some of those players and indeed some of your opinions about some of those players in part two of our end of season podcast. In the meantime, you can find Kate by searching at Kate underscore SFB on Twitter. So as I mentioned, we will be back later in this week with our end of season discussion. We'll be talking about players, managers and the club hierarchy and we'll be hearing more opinions from you the fans in the meantime i'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who's contributed to this podcast so thank you to stephen topless to george harvey to jack alton to justin peach to mr Dore, to pat from the famous club and also to bethany and to kate And most of all, thank you to you, listener. We wouldn't be worth doing this if you weren't listening. If you could take the time to leave us a positive review on your podcast provider, especially if you're on Apple, that'd be much appreciated as that helps other people find our content. In the meantime, thank you and we'll be back with part two of our end of season podcast in just a few days. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.